Lord, I thank you so very much that you're with us here in this place now. And I thank you that you love us, that you care for us. um, That you've given us real help. Supernatural power, forgiveness of sins, a fresh start, but also wisdom about steps that can be taken. Wisdom about how change can occur. I thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you would help us to not live in unnecessary pain, but instead to humble ourselves and accept help from you and from others, not on our own terms, but the way that you desire. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so this is our last of eight Sundays walking through a series we call Life's Healing Choices, which you see on the screen here. The title is from a book, uh, that has been on the table uh, back there. And what we're essentially doing is walking through some of Jesus' statements in recorded in Matthew 5. Jesus' first teaching that is recorded, and he starts with the blessed or happy, or God blesses people who da-da-da-da, and they will da-da-da-da, right? Now, some of you have heard my story about that. I don't mean the other... Yeah, anyway... God blesses people who are like this. Uh, people who are like this are happy. How many of you could be a little happier? You don't have to raise your hand for that because, you know, it's, I, it's, you're like, eh, yeah, I, I could, but I can't quite, right? So God blesses people, God supernaturally, above and beyond their own ability, and yet then he walks through statements that are when we're lifting just eight of those that talk about the process, that actually follow a process that is the same process whether you are recovering from any one of life's hurts, hang-ups, or habits. And some of us have hurt that we're holding on to, that we don't think that God could forgive or don't. We're hurt so much we don't want to allow God to touch. Uh, some of us are carrying bitterness or resentment, and it's not healthy. It's not good for us. So some of us are uh, hiding um, habits and hang-ups, things we can't seem to get rid of that we know that are ways that God doesn't want us to live. And we've talked a little bit about the human condition, the various things that you see on the screen, and not the least of which is an unhealthy relationship with food, with sex, with substances, where we self-medicate, where we're trying to... Um, take away pain, and we further cause self-inflicted wounds. And what we have been walking through is from Jesus' statements, how real change, how healing can occur. So the first one is that we must realize that I'm not God. I must humbly admit that I need help. And one reason why I've taken such a chunk out of our church calendar on this series is because I believe that there are some of us that are high functioning, high capacity, that are dealing with pain or dealing with secret sin or different things that we think it's just okay, God forgives it, and yet we have not been able to step into healing, step into freedom. And as your pastor, it is a part of my responsibility to help open your spiritual eyes to realities that you're dealing with. And I'm saying to you that Everyone in this room needs the truth that can be found in Jesus' words. That shouldn't be a surprise. And in this book and in these steps and in these series. And how many of you would say that now you agree? 
Okay, some of us. Good. The rest of you, I love you. It's okay. All right, so these steps are important. And I have found that this first step is the most important, especially to someone who's not in a place where their life is in shambles. Right? We're kind of high functioning and it's kind of in the middle. That's why this first step is so difficult. Everyone in this room needs the help of God and others with some kind of issue. Everyone. And so we've got to start with a reality choice and with being honest with ourselves. Right? Because if we live a rushed and a hurried life, if we're too busy for God, we're too busy. If we live a rushed and a hurried life, it makes it impossible for us to be honest with ourselves about the state of our life. Somebody say, thank you, pastor. The second choice, the hope choice, to earnestly believe that God exists that I matter to him, and that he has the power to help me recover. And I say, thank you to Steve, thank you to Joe, who've done different things to help make that session available to you. You can stream it on your phone, go to cityharborchurch.com, and pull up your iPhone, go through iTunes, look at City Harbor Church. Some of us need some encouragement, and there's a lot of encouragement in that session. Somebody, right? You need some encouragement, right? You can go back and listen to that. It's very encouraging, the hope choice. Number three, the commitment choice. Every one of us needs to make a commitment to consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. That's what it really means to let go and let God. Number four, the house cleaning choice to openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. Number five, the transformation choice. I must voluntarily submit to every change God wants to make in my life and humbly ask him to remove my character defects. A real change in getting over and healing hurts and forsaking, walking away from, finding freedom from life's hangups and habits doesn't occur until we have felt pain that is now greater than our fear for change. That brings us to a point that I'm willing to accept change that's not on my terms. I'm willing to accept and I'm willing to turn my life over to God who created me. To a God who loves me. I'm willing to turn over to whatever change He desires in my life. That's when real change, that's when real freedom, that's when real joy can occur. It will not occur until that point. And I've told various aspects of my story through this series and before, and one of those is is it deals with the fact that I lived for years a Christian life and serving as a Christian leader with anxiety and pain that was unnecessary in part because I didn't make this choice. I don't want you to go through the same experience. Number six, the relationship choice. We must choose to evaluate all our relationships, to offer forgiveness to those who have hurt us and make amends for harm that we have done for others, except when to do so would harm them or others. And last week we went over number seven, the growth choice. Reserve a daily time with God for self-examination Bible reading and prayer in order to know God and his will for my life and to gain the power to follow his will. Number eight, the last one this morning, the sharing choice. I must choose to yield myself to God, 
to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and by my words. Let's read three verses. Thank you, Ronald. I appreciate that. It's good to say that that is true. Jesus, Matthew 5, verse 10. Happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. There goes Jesus saying something that sounds opposite bizarro world, right? Jesus saying, how is that right? It's right because it is God's kingdom, it's God's math, it's God's order, it's God's love, not human love. I don't, we can put God in a box by only accepting from Him the kind of love we've received from other people. Whoa, somebody, don't put God in a box, don't come to God. You see those little, little paper cups we have for the kids, right? Some of us come to God with a cup like that. Somebody hear what I'm saying today. Stop coming to God with a cup like that to receive his love. Say, Lord, hit me with your best shot. Fire away. I meant it. I said it. I meant it. First Peter chapter three, verse 13. Look what Peter says, who was there when Jesus said those words. Always be prepared to give an answer. To everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Come on, we need some of that today in this city, in this nation. Look how Paul says this. Jesus appeared to Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9. He's quoting what God said to him when he prayed and asked God to remove this thorn in his flesh, this physical ailment that he had. He said that God said to him, my gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. And Paul says, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may work through me. Now let's, let's get specific for 15 minutes. Can we get specific for 15 minutes? All right. I'm sorry. God works best through our weakness. In our sharing with others, in our offering help to others, the best help we offer to others is not through our strengths. Because through your strength, you show what you are capable of doing, and you can easily forget that God's the one who gave you that strength. We actually provide the best help, the most powerful help, through our weakness. Because it is in our weaknesses that we are most aware that God is the one who is in control, and God is the one who has brought healing, strength, and redemption. Somebody. Right? It's through our weaknesses. But we don't like that because we like pride and we don't like humility. Right? We don't, we want to operate out of our strengths. We don't want to operate out of our weaknesses. But when God is asking you to study to show yourself approved, to share your story, the confident hope that you have, well, we've got to remember, we get to, you know, study to show yourself approved. Well, that means I've got to memorize the scripture. I got another perfect way to share the gospel. I got to be this Bible expert. And then I got to talk about how good I am. Wrong! Wrong answer. 
From where does your confident hope come? Jesus being what you cannot be. Two kids muddied up in a mud puddle can't clean each other. We needed Jesus. We needed a clean one. The confident hope is what the clean one did in us to make us clean. Oh, that's good. It is in our weakness that he is made strong. And what we just heard, Holly was sharing her story and the story of others, right? God can recycle your pain. God wants to recycle your pain. Rebecca and I came from the Pacific Northwest, and what we have out there is recycle Nazis. So by the time you're 12 years old, you know that if you're not recycling, you are a really bad person. And when we first came to Baltimore, we were like, what's wrong with these jacked up East Coast people? Like, nobody's recycling. Like, why am I always the one with the most? Right, recycle. We believe in recycling. Recycling is a repurposing. It's a repurposing. Some of you have seen those park benches that are made out of waste from water bottles and stuff like that, right? Toothbrushes and playgrounds made from some of these materials. It is a repurposing. Let's talk about God repurposing our pain. And I want to get specific. Here are four things that God wants you to learn to share from your life that can help other people. Are you ready? Four things. Now, you got this... This is why we record this and put this up. Because you need to process this. You need to think about this and it's going to go too fast. Right? One, how pain got my attention. Oh, Pastor Ben, we don't talk about that. (laughs) One of the things that you need to learn how to communicate is how pain got your attention. And people in your office are not, not interested in hearing about how perfect you are. The people in your neighborhood don't want to hear about how you got it all together. And at the same time, God doesn't want you to wait till have it all together to help someone else. The fact of the matter is that the best person to help someone else is a person who's just one step ahead. If someone's a thousand yards ahead, they're not much help because that person says, I can't get to you. But if someone is one step ahead of them, that's why they can take the one step. One reason why I talk about in here and in small group and at Celebrate Recovery, and I go to small group and, 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 and I'm not the leader, right? Other people are leading. One reason why I do those things is because I want to share my pain because I want to get the humanity out there to help other people be more comfortable with following my lead. There's a lot of good stuff I could talk about and take up all the time that I've shared some of the ugly parts of my story. You only need to be one step ahead. And one of the most important lessons is how pain got my attention. Watch this, Proverbs 20, verse 30. Sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. Jonah said, when I lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. God uses pain to inspect us, to see what's inside of us, to correct us. No, don't do that. Do it this way. To direct us, this is the path to go on. To perfect us, to build character in our lives, and to get our attention. Hello? I didn't create you to live a selfish life. That's why what you're doing hurts. 
That's how God uses pain. God God whispers to us in our pleasures and shouts to us in our pain. Can you go move her? God whispers to us in our pleasures. He shouts in our pain. We could, we could take an hour to talk about why does God allow pain. That's something that we've talked about. We've had books on the book table about. I want to point out that Paul, who is maybe the greatest Christian ever, was honest about five things. His feelings. Men don't like to talk about their feelings, right? Okay. Men don't like to talk about their feelings. Paul was honest about his feelings, about his faults, about his failures, about his frustrations, and about his fears. Those are things that Paul was honest about. It's helpful for us. Watch this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 8 through 9. We were really crushed and overwhelmed and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. But that was good. For then we put everything into the hands of God who alone could save us. If you're honest about your journey, God has allowed pain to get your attention and it has helped you because it has brought you closer to Him, the only source of love, hope, peace, and joy that will not fail you, that will not run out. One thing that people need in your life need to hear from you is how pain got your attention. Number two, they need to hear what you've learned in the process. So that takes time. So I studied it, right? Study, think about it. What did you learn in the process of healing the hurt, of receiving healing from the hurt, of growing up out of and receiving freedom from the hangups, the habits? What did you learn in the process? Well, one of the things I, I learned that I can depend on God, that he won't fail me. I learned that his word is true. I learned that there's stuff in the Bible that's actually relevant to my junk. That was so good, I'm going to say it again. I learned that there's stuff in the Bible that's relevant to my junk. That's things that I have learned in the process. And so when when somebody else is asking me questions, and I quote the Bible like it's some great authority, there's a disconnect there. Because what they need to hear first is that the stuff in here helped me with this. And if I'm not going to be willing to talk about my pain and how my pain actually helped me, and if I'm not willing to talk about how God is the only one who has failed me, and I'm not willing to talk about, hey, guess what? I understand how you feel. I felt that way before. And what I found was that God gave me an answer and I found it in here. Does that make sense? They don't want to hear the Bible unless they know that. And it requires humility from you and candor from you Well, and it actually has to be true. What I've learned in the process. Watch this, Paul again, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 from the Living Bible. Why does he, God, do this? So that when others are troubled, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them this same help and comfort God has given us. That's specific, folks. That shows you that this is not just Pastor Ben's opinion. Right? God has a purpose. Number three, how God can bring good out of bad. 
How many, how many of you are willing to say that God has brought good out of your bad? Come on. God is not willing that any should perish. All things, God has worked together for the good of those who love Him. All things. Watch this. Joseph, sold into slavery by his brothers, betrayed, reunited with them, and he says these words to his brothers. You intended to harm me. And some of us have been harmed by people that meant to do it. Right? We gotta, we gotta realize that there are stories in the Bible that are relevant to us. You've been harmed on purpose. You intended it to harm me, but God intended it all for good. God can bring good out of the bad. He can. He can do miracles. Come on, don't wait until life has knocked you flat on your back to look up to God. Don't wait. Look to God before it gets that bad. Number four, things from your life that people need to hear. How Jesus gives me hope. How Jesus gives me hope. Anybody here? What's, what's a phrase that you would use to describe how Jesus gave you hope? Anybody? He'll never give up on you. Yeah. He's always there. Yeah. How is Jesus giving you hope? He's in control. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Yeah. You have set my heart free when I've run in the path of your commands. There is stuff inside of you that needs to come out in this room and in many other places. Who is better to have empathy and compassion for those dealing with depression than someone who has been healed from depression? Come on somebody, think with me now. Who is better to help somebody with a sex addiction? Who is better to help somebody with eating disorders? Who is better to help someone receive healing from deep hurt from the wounds of parents? Who is better to help somebody who is the child of divorce, who is a child of abandonment? Who is better? Who will have more understanding? Who will have more compassion? Who will have more empathy? Not someone who's a thousand yards down the path, but someone who is one step ahead, who has found hope in Jesus, who is ready and willing and able to share how pain got their attention, what they've learned in the process, how God can bring good out of bad, and how Jesus gives hope. It is you. It is you. God's not looking for you to be perfect. In fact, God only uses broken people. God only uses broken people. 
Of all the genealogies in the Bible, the genealogy of Jesus is the only one that mentions women. And that's curious for a number of reasons. But the four women that are prominently mentioned in the genealogy of Christ all had a jacked up life. And they all chose hope in God. They allowed God to recycle their pain. They knew abandonment. They knew what it was to be used. They knew what it was to be manipulated. There's a reason it's in there. You're going to read the Christmas story this next month. Don't skip over that. It's relevant to us. God wants to recycle our pain. Not to hurt you. To help you and to help others. I must choose to yield myself to God. To be used to bring this good news to others. Both by my example and by my words. As we walk out of this series, I want you to focus on the future. Accept personal responsibility. Make a spiritual commitment. And say yes to a call to action, to pray, to write, to share. Let's take some action. If you haven't already read the book, I want you to pick up the book and I want you to get it. I want us to be able to know that stories like this, stories like we heard from Holly this morning and like these quotes are real, they're in this church, and they will help others in Baltimore that need Jesus. I've been living with shame or guilt from my past and now I don't have to live with that pain anymore. Someone else wrote, I've been trapped in a habit or hang-up that's messing up my life, and now I can be free of its hold on me. Another person wrote, I've always been afraid and worried about what may happen tomorrow, and now I can face my future with peace and confidence. Come on, somebody. Who doesn't want that? Worship team's going to come, we're going to pray, and when they're done, this place is going to be available if you want to receive prayer. Or if you want to enjoy some food or something to drink and encourage each other and love each other, we're going to start doing the order of service a little bit differently to allow more time for us as a church to get to know each other, to love each other, to be refreshed, and to receive prayer, to respond at the altar, whether you need to accept Christ for the first time or you need to come back to Him or you need healing from whatever it is that you're going through. And so I want you to know that every Sunday without fail, this place will be a place of prayer from 9.30 till 10. From 9.30 to 10 every Sunday. I want you to come. I want you to use it. I want you to lean into it. I want you to expect more from God. If you're you're thinking that 2017 is going to be different, but you're not willing to make some changes, it's not going to be different. God's waiting on you. He's right here. He's available. Every Sunday, 9.30 to 10, you can have some personal time. You don't need to join in with whatever else is going on with prayer. Have personal time. But this is a safe place. For us to find healing and freedom from life's hurts and hang-ups and habits. And every Sunday at 10, we're going to start with worship. And then we're going to mix up the order of the service. We're going to do different things. We're going to come to meet Jesus. How many of you think that's a good thing? Alright, I'm going to pray. And then I'm done talking for today. You can sing, you can receive prayer, or enjoy some refreshments. Worship band, will you come please? Thank you God that you love us enough. That you love us enough to share real help with us. 
real life change, that you have the power to change what we cannot. And not only do you have the power to change what we, what we cannot, but Lord, that there's healing in you. There's forgiveness in you. There's restoration in you. There is change in you. I thank you for that, God. Lord, and that when we are willing to be humble and bold and to step out and to share from our pain, that you are right there with us and that you recycle it, you use it to bring healing and freedom for others. I thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Even when the well runs